Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast on this uh, Tuesday, May 17th, uh, as we uh, get toward the end of spring and into summer, and uh, still a lot to talk about, a few subjects that uh, we'll hit on today. Uh, obviously, Milton Wright situation with Purdue football. Is this the week Purdue basketball finds a point guard? Uh, NBA draft lottery is Tuesday night, and how will that impact uh, Jaden Ivey? First, with uh, Purdue football and uh, Milton Wright, and in case you missed it, Purdue did get another transfer uh, to join the program. Cole Brevard from Penn State played two seasons, or was at Penn State two seasons, played in one, one game. He's originally from Carmel. Uh, defensive uh, tackle, nose tackle type of player uh, gives Purdue a lot more depth, another body uh, up front, which, uh, you know, Mark Hagan really likes. Uh, in the spring, if you, if you recall, Mark Hagan really is looking at trying to create, uh, kind of three, three teams there on the defensive line, uh, to, to give the program a lot of depth and keep players fresh as they, as they get deeper in the game. And, uh, Brevard will, will provide that. He's a big body, can take up some space, um, was highly recruited out of high school. Uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, and others uh, wanted his services, but he picked Penn State, but never really got on the field. Um, and uh, we'll see how how that happens at Purdue and how quickly that happens. Uh, uh, obviously, he, he has a lot of talent uh, based on the uh, high school projections, but uh, we'll need to see it at the co- college level uh, to see how that uh, will impact Purdue. Purdue, I think, has two a good – Defensive tackles to to begin this season with with Branson Dean and Lawrence Johnson. Uh, there's a lot of depth there uh, that uh, Mark Hagan t- can turn to. So just another piece uh, for the defensive line, which you know I think will be uh, the strength again uh, of this defense. Even you know losing George Karloftis and you don't have maybe a star on that on that defensive line like you had last year, but still plenty of options there. Uh, regarding Milton Wright, uh, it's uh, not surprising, uh, but still a significant loss for Purdue. Um, as, as you know, he didn't play in the bowl game because he didn't meet academic requirements uh, uh, last year. At the end of the first semester, uh, came back for the, the second semester, uh, didn't participate in spring ball uh, with the hopes of concentrating on the academic part of it, but uh, it, it never really uh, materialized. This, this wasn't a case where he, he dismissed it by one class or didn't turn in a paper or something like that. He This was this was a significant swing and miss on his part. Um, and, I, you know, there's really nothing more that Purdue can do uh, in that situation. And I don't know where he goes from here. Uh, but he has been ruled academically ineligible for the 2022 season. Um, and where he goes from here, I have no idea. Uh, it's, he's very talented. He was, he was the next in line as far as, uh, possibly getting in, getting involved in the NFL draft. You know, when you, after Rondell Moore left and David Bell left, uh, Milton Wright was that next guy up. 
now, I, I don't think Purdue has that type of player right now. Now they're still searching the portal, and they could find one that that could develop into that. But and you know, and somebody on their roster could develop into that. But as right now, Purdue doesn't have that that star wide receiver that that we're accustomed to seeing. But I, I do think they have a good group. You know, you got Brock Thompson, who's going to come off two knee surgeries, but had a tremendous uh, bowl game down in Nashville. Uh, TJ Sheffield, you've got a couple transfers, Tyrone Tracy and Elijah Cannon. You know, Tracy played very well in the spring. Uh, Cannon did not due to injury. Um, so, you know, where, where the receiver group stands, uh, I, I still think there's probably some pieces there. You've got to get some guys healthy with Mershon Rice and Abdur Raham Yassin. Uh, you know, Mershon Rice looks the part, no question, but he hadn't been healthy. He's big, he's big and talented and can run really well, but he hasn't, he hasn't stayed healthy. Um, so it's hard to, to count on him right now. I mean, he'll get every opportunity. I, you know, he'll be, he'll be ready for camp, uh, when, it, when camp starts August 4th. But, you know, he, he, he has to stay healthy. And it's, you know, back to Milton, uh, you know, these, these athletes are, they have so many resources to turn to, uh, from the academic side and not to take advantage of that, uh, is unfortunate. Um, and, you know, and I think Purdue gave him every opportunity to get things straightened out. Um, and it just, it didn't happen. But the number of resources they have, the, the support that they have, and to not take advantage of that um, is is unfortunate on many levels. Um, so, wish Milton the best, but you know it, it appears his time with Purdue is is done, and Purdue will will move on. Still have a really good quarterback in Aiden O'Connell, uh, but um, you know the receiver uh, position is one that. Um, I thought coming out of last year when they lost David Bell, still needed to find a guy um, that could be that that star type player, and they are uh, talking to and um, been recruiting uh, a Texas receiver, Marcus Washington, uh, who just went in the portal earlier this month. Um, now the timing of when he went in and all that kind of stuff is still unclear because there was a May first deadline that you had to be in by May 1st to be eligible without having to sit out a year. Uh, but uh, reports came out that he had gotten in the portal either May 2nd or May 3rd. Uh, so that part is a little unclear, but I don't think Purdue would probably be recruiting him uh, unless he was going to be immediately eligible for the 2022 season. Uh, he's a he's kind of a 6-1 type player from – St. Louis, uh, just looking at pictures, he looks the part, but, um, you know, if, if he ends up here and Nebraska was really recruiting him because they, they got their quarter, they got Texas's quarterback, uh, on a transfer. So they might be trying to, to get him, uh, to come, come to Nebraska and, uh, reunite with, uh, with his quarterback. But, you know, that's a name out there to watch. And I'm, even, even if it doesn't happen for Purdue, I'm sure they'll continue to look, uh, at the portal for, for a receiver to, 
to kind of help boost that group, boost that room. Um, and, and we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But, um, again, unfortunate news about Milton Wright, but not surprising. Uh, but, you know, Purdue, you know, I, I still think Purdue has enough pieces. And then, you know, we oftentimes we forget, we, you know, you focus so much on the receivers that, um, you know, Payne Durham is, if not the top tight end in the Big Ten, uh, he's pretty darn close. Uh, and that's a, that's an option that probably should be explored a lot more than what it has been over the years. Um, I do, you know, you know, and with, with Payne, you know, he, he's been banged up last year. He was in and out of the lineup because of injuries, but, you know, Purdue has a really talented weapon there that they probably should use a little bit more that can help, you know, increase the passing game instead of just, you know, looking at your receivers. But, you know, Purdue will have enough there, and, you know, Jeff Brown was prepared for this. You know, that's why he went out and got a couple transfers, and that's why they're still looking at uh, at guys in the portal to try to boost that room and uh, and give Purdue more depth and more talent uh, uh, on, that, on that side of the ball. Uh, regarding uh, Purdue basketball, um, as we record the podcast on Tuesday, Tyrese Hunter, who Visited Purdue, which seems like several months ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, he's the transfer from Iowa State. He has been out visiting schools. Purdue was his first visit back several weeks ago. Uh, he is scheduled to be at Kansas today uh, for a visit. I don't know how long that visit will last uh, because we're up. We're coming up on a dead period for men's college basketball recruiting on May nineteenth, uh, where. Schools cannot have any contact with recruits, uh, and vice versa. So I, I would anticipate something getting done from Tyrese Hunter's standpoint, uh, by the end of the week. It doesn't mean it has to, um, but it, with this dead period coming up, it would make sense for him to make a decision, uh, leading up to that dead period to so the coat, you know, whatever school he picks, they, they know what their roster is. You know, I think Purdue is still in pretty good shape, but, you know, they're going to have to beat out Kansas. They're going to have to beat out Louisville. Uh, they're going to have to beat out Texas. Uh, they're going to have to beat out Tennessee. Uh, he did take a visit to Gonzaga. Um, but again, I, I think Purdue is, is in good shape there. And, you know, like everything else nowadays does, um, do these decisions come down to, you know, what NIL, name, image, and likeness, which it's not really name, image, and likeness until you get on campus. Uh, is, is there going to be a school that, you know, does the same thing that Miami did to get Nigel Pack? Uh, obviously, the schools that that are on his list are more than capable of coming up with a, a, a sweetheart of a deal. Um, to, to get him if, if that's what the motivation is. And I'll tell you that it's not the motivation until it becomes the motivation, until figures are thrown down in front of you. And those are hard to turn down. You know, it's like Nigel Pack. You know, why, you know, if your kid was involved in that and you got an $800,000 offer for two years, um, it would be hard to turn down. It would be extremely hard to turn down. Uh, so, but I, I don't, 
no one knows for sure, and you don't know, even in these conversations, you don't know for sure until, you know, these numbers get thrown around how important it is. You know, Nigel Pack at the beginning, NIL wasn't important until I think you saw the dollar figures, and then it became important. And with Tyrese Hunter, you hear that NIL is not that important, but, you know, you get dollar figures thrown around, especially when you look at the schools that Purdue is competing against, and then it becomes important. And they have every right to make that decision. And if we're heading, we're already there, if we're heading towards a pay-for-play, which this would be it, when you look at Nigel Pack and some of the other things that have gone on, it's 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 basically pay-for-play, um, then that's what you have to deal with. You know, Purdue... Purdue's not going to be that school that outbids somebody. I mean, they're just not. That's not the space they want to play in. You know, they're they're going to do NIL stuff. They're going to do things uh, to help their their athletes, uh, help their the guys on the basketball team as much as they can. But you know, they're they're not going to. I, I don't believe they're going to be in a position, or they want to be in a position to outbid schools to get players. Now, Tyrese Hunter is a very talented player, uh, Big 12 freshman of the year. Um, and he's probably, wherever he goes, he, he's probably only going to be there one year. So, you know, what program can help him get to the next, you know, get to the NBA level? Um, and that's, you know, that, those are the things that he probably should be looking at. But, you know, you know Kansas was giving money to players before all this came. So now it's just all out in the open. Uh, so yeah, nothing would surprise me with that. Uh, you know, Gonzaga would probably be a bit of a bit of a surprise based on how, how far from Wisconsin that's his, that's where he grew up. Uh, that would, that would surprise me, but you know, none of the other schools really would. Texas would just because, you know, that that's just not a healthy environment down there in my opinion. Uh, you've got a, you've got a coach, tremendous coach in Chris Beard, but he keeps bringing in transfers left and right. And I just don't know how you build any kind of program or, or team that way. And, you know, maybe, maybe this is the direction that college ath- athletics is going where you're just basically trying to build uh, a team for one year. You're trying to get a team together for one year and then worry about the next year after that instead of, doing it like Matt Painter wants to do it as far as recruiting the high schools and then building your program that way, redshirting guys to make sure that they're better at the end and how, how much they can help and how much they'll develop. Uh, but, you know, maybe college athletics now just goes to the one-year deal where, you know, get the best team you can for one year and then do it all again the next year and see see where it leads. It doesn't seem like it would be sustainable it would seem like you would have problems, uh, both on the court and off the court, but, you know, who knows? You know, us old people think that that's important, but young people may not think that's important. And, you know, if coaches can keep their jobs doing that, maybe, maybe that's the new, the new way you do things. I mean, Purdue football has brought in a lot of transfers over the last couple of years. Um, obviously it didn't, didn't hurt them last year, and it, it and in fact it helped them with some of the players that they got in the portal. It helped them get to nine wins. It helped them win the bowl game. It helped them win 
George Karloftis and David Bell didn't play in the bowl game, and they had some other injuries. They had some other guys step up. So um, it's not a complete negative. It's just not the traditional way that most of us have have watched programs come together uh, over over the years. But maybe we just get in a situation where it's okay. What what can you put together for this one season and and, and go from there? You know, for some that you know it's not. As I said, probably not sustainable, but um, we're in a different era now, and we just kind of kind of let it let it go. I mean, if if, if uh, Tyree Center doesn't pick Purdue, what are the other options? I know they've talked to Courtney Ramey, who uh, is transferring from Texas. Uh, he would be obviously a talented guy that they're familiar with, since Purdue played Texas in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Malachi Smith, who's from Chattanooga. Uh, but he's got some NBA tryouts that that he's going to go through, even though he was not invited to the combine. Uh, he's still getting some NBA tryouts. Ramey was hoping to get some tryouts. I don't know if he did. He didn't get invited to the combine. But again, we're kind of bumping up against this May nineteenth, and, and things can happen after the dead period, which only lasts a week. So it's not like the end all, end all. But most coaches, all coaches, want their want what their roster's going to look like. They want them all in summer school, you know, by early June, mid-June. Uh, so that's why, you know, we're about a month away from that happening. Uh, and, you know, Purdue still doesn't know exactly what its roster is going to look like because it still needs a point guard. Um, you know, they, they'll, they'll have Braden Smith from Westfield as an option. you got Ethan Morton as an option on the current roster. But, they, you know, obviously they need – uh, another point guard there to kind of round out, round out things. So, uh, you know, I think this is the week maybe they find out whether they're going to be in, they're going to get Tyrese Hunter. Uh, you would think that he would want the process over. You know, he was also a kid that, um, I say kids, but he also a, a guy coming out of high school that wasn't recruited a whole lot. He didn't have, um, he didn't have that opportunity to go visit a bunch of places. And now he's taking advantage of that, and he can't he can't blame him for that. And he's trying to do a thorough job, uh, trying to pick exactly uh, where he wants to go, where he fits. Um, he's got an interesting backstory. Um, you know, he lost both of his parents early on. Uh, he's lived with he's been living with his brother. Um, so, you know, you can't you can't really fault him for trying to. To, to take advantage of what he's what he did in his first year at Iowa State, and then parlay that that into something else, and then maybe parlay that into you know a spot uh, in the NBA at some point. So um, again, you know maybe this is the week we find out. If not, then uh, I really don't know when <laughs> he'll 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 make a decision on that. Uh, and I know Purdue would like to know what its roster is going to look like. Uh, going into next season because, it, you, you know, you, you would look at Purdue and, you know, the missing piece is a point guard right now, is a is a veteran type of point guard. And and that's, you know, can be the difference between finishing in the upper part of the Big Ten or in the middle of the Big Ten. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see how this thing uh, plays. I can't remember a time when Purdue was this deep into the spring or getting close to Memorial Day and it didn't know exactly uh, what its roster was going uh, to look like. Uh, tonight is also the NBA draft lottery. 
and Jaden Ivey will have an idea maybe where he'll fall uh, in this thing, uh, depending on what teams uh, get the top picks. Uh, I, I don't see Ivey going number one overall. To me, the curious question, I, you know, the Pacers would love him. I think Jaden would love to play for the Pacers. It would be a great match, a great fit. His mom played for the Fever back in the day. You know, he's an Indiana kid. There's a lot to like there. Um, you know, it creates a, a lot of buzz for your for your franchise, uh, getting a guy from Purdue and getting a, a guy like that. But I just don't see the Pacers, if somehow they ended up with the number one pick through the lottery, I just don't see the Pacers taking Ivy with the number one pick. Uh, that would be... That would be a bit of a reach, I think, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, if things go according to the odds, the Pacers are probably going to pick anywhere from fourth to fifth to sixth. I don't think they can pick any lower than seventh. You know, and Jaden is going to be available in that four, five, six range. And I think if the Pacers, if they end up with one of those picks, so I think they'll take him. Now, he could be gone by then, too. I saw one mock draft today that had him going third to Detroit. Um, so... I mean, you, you love his athleticism. You love the way that he can get up and down the floor. And, um, you know, he, he has, he did turn the ball over, uh, probably a little bit more than, than what he wanted to during this college season. He still needs to improve on his outside shot, but, you know, all the skills are there. The talent is there. You know, the athletic ability is there. Uh, you know, he's going to be a top five pick, top six. You know, he's, Certainly going to get grabbed early in the draft after you get through, uh, Chet Holgram and, um, you know, some Duke players and maybe Jabari Smith from, uh, Auburn. Uh, but he's, he's going to be right there. Um, so it's a big, you know, it's, it's kind of a big night for him to see, you know, what teams may, may, may step up and take him. Um, you know, depending on how this lottery, uh, shakes out. Um, it's not, you know, it's not always, it doesn't go according to plan all the time. And, um, it, it just, I mean, to me, it's just kind of interesting. And of course, Travion Williams is, uh, likely headed for a second round pick, uh, in the NBA draft. Uh, both Ivy and Williams will be at the draft combine, uh, this week in Chicago. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think Jaden really has a lot to, to prove at this thing. Um, you know, Travion probably needs to prove a little bit more, get his, um, you know, how's he going to be a perimeter player in the NBA? You know, what, what other things can he do to, to bring? He's got a good skill set. You know, the passing is unmatched, you know, by any other big man, I think, in the country. Um, so, you know, he's probably headed for a second round selection and then, uh, go from there. So, so a big night for, for Jaden Ivey and, to kind of see where he may, um, uh, he may end up, uh, in the, in the NBA. Anyway, well, uh, gonna wrap it up on, uh, this edition. We'll, you know, as we get through the spring and the summer, you know, try to, uh, you know, do a podcast every once in a while. Can't say for sure it'll be a set date or time, all that. Just trying to, you know, when things, things are happening or, you know, some news happens or, um, things like that, you know, maybe try, try to do one. Of course, your input is always welcome and, uh, love hearing from people. If they have questions, comments, 
or just think I'm a complete idiot, uh, feel free to reach out and, uh, uh, and I'll deal with it. Uh, I'm getting old, so words can't hurt me anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, appreciate you stopping by and, uh, and have a, have a good day. And uh, if we don't, we don't do a podcast before Memorial Day. Have a good holiday weekend at the end of May, and then uh, we'll talk to you probably at uh, uh, sometime in June as uh, things start to, to heat up a little bit uh, in the summer. Again, have a good day. Thanks for stopping by.